Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. Hi, everyone. Tim Kittra from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Tonight's matchup on the Solar Panel. Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Ahoy, ahoy! Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel or the Solar Panel, however you want to call it. Here, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us wherever you get podcasts, watching us on Facebook or Twitter this week, we appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, for joining us. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. Joining me as always is the Silver Fox, a man that I have the utmost respect for until he opens his mouth. It's Dave King. Dave, how are you? Hey, all right. Lose that respect. (laughs) All right. And then, as always, the Carmel Thunder from Down Under, a a man that, uh, you know what, he finally doesn't look like he's in a zombie apocalypse because he's using a webcam from this decade. It's Saul Bookman. (laughs) Saul, how are you? That's what you Uh, really It feels It feels nice to be out of prison. (laughs) I always thought you were a white guy, but apparently not. Now we can tell. You're not washed out. No, no, no. no. I got got a haircut. I got some color in my face. You're looking am, good. So. I'm, re- I'm recovering from the pandemic nicely. I, I love I love that whoever's listening on the podcast has no clue about this joke at all. Saul used to have a very washed out webcam. If you're mm. uh, if you're listening to the audio version, I know his voice has always sounded very sultry, but the the camera was a little washed out. So, uh, yeah, I'm Greg Esposito, rocking the DT goat wrong side dt goat shirt today uh, mm. there gotta gotta respect the greatness that i'm rocking is the solar Rock. panel shirt <laughs> look at uh, everybody wants to know what we're wearing i probably shouldn't have uh addy in the chat no Saul is not from down under the joke is he's on video below me in the screen so <laughs> that's why he's the Carmel Thunder from yeah. down under. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't have much of an accent. I, I think that's Irish. That was an awful Australian accent. My bad. Scotch, was, Irish, British, Aussie. Aussie. Yeah. That was Australia. worse than uh, in Dumb and Dumber when they do the Australian <laughs> accent. Well, a little shrimp on a bobby. Now that we've offended our Australian contingent, because I know we have Australian listeners and viewers, we do. Let's get into something very much. Let's let's get into something that actually uh, did offend some people on the internet uh, due to Saul, and uh, that is his appearance on uh, Dunks and Discourse, a podcast where uh, our good friend, and I'll let you defend yourself because I'm not going to put this in uh, in the way. Because you're not going to defend him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw, I'm going to throw the grenade and run here. But makes sense. Uh, makes sense. you did kind of say that Jamal Murray, better player than Devin Booker. Would you like did to not, defend yourself? Yeah, I would absolutely like to defend myself. First of all, uh, pull your heads out of your asses, number one. Okay, that's not what happened. I was told to rank the three. It was either Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, or uh, Spida. And I said, because of playoff performance only, and I said that, that I would take Jamal Murray because I've never seen Devin Booker in the playoffs. And Jamal Murray was going ape 
you know what in the playoffs last year. And so I would give him the edge over Booker because he's done it in the playoffs. That's it. That's the only reason. And it's going to change this year. I'm almost 99% positive it's going to change this year because Devin Booker's going to get into the playoffs and he's going to get that world stage finally that he deserves. And he's going to ball. I have never had any Booker slander on this show. So save it because I don't want to hear no, it. No, no. You save your Booker slander for the other shows. Oh, get the fuck <laughs> I, had, here, Dave. I, I had to pull the ripcord. All right. I knew this was going to happen. I, I listened. I think it was a massive overreaction from anybody that, that listened to the show, including our friends uh, in my group chat. Uh, guys, I, I think you overreacted to one Saul Bookman. You know, why, um, why, why, do, why do people get so offended when you say anything? I mean, anything that is remotely negative about Devin Booker. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll just... get in we'll get into that compared to another player based Listen, on a like if people are going to start if people are going to question, "Oh my god, I can't believe you take Devin Booker over Jamal Murray and blah 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 blah." Like, okay, have you seen Devin Booker in the playoffs? There's your answer. Like, and it's not his fault. I understand that, but he hasn't been in the playoffs. That's as simple as it gets. That's it. Like, <laughs> I, dude, listen. I was up from three o'clock in the morning, working all the way to like midnight when I was in the military. And I still stayed up for these Suns games to in the playoffs back with, you know, Nash and all that. Roger Bell hitting the three against the Clippers and all that stuff, right? So, like, my fandom is not going to be in question here. And I will also say this like, don't take yourself so damn seriously. If you take yourself so damn seriously, you're going to live a very, very short life. And to just to prove that point, I'm not going to take myself seriously. Here you go. Person. Oh, hello! Hey! What do you do? I'm in charge of our social media network, so everything they do on TV, we try to put on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, and Instagram. Whoa, that's really cool. Hey, look! He's on his phone, on the job! That's a no-no, unless you're him. <laughs> Alright, nice to meet you! <laughs> there you go. Oh, my! Flippy and, and Saul Bookman, everybody! Oh, who is that? I, I can't... That was Blippy. That dude is like the most popular children's dude on YouTube. He he gets like really? five million views on every video. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. He Never has seen. the most annoying voice as well. My daughter has partaken in the Blippy. We may even own some Blippy toys, but uh, yeah. They, well, I'm impressed, Saul. I I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have done that. Oh wait, I have done that to myself on the show. Thanks to thanks to you as well. By the way, David uh, Wigton in the chat, uh, one of our flaming ballers says the trial of Saul Bookman, a reference back to our <laughs> Ryan McDonough trial. So in the off season, we will <laughs> we will certainly put oh, uh, put Saul on trial for that. The uh, trial but, uh, of Saul Bookman. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and, and listen, like again, like in, in somebody pointed this out in the in the in the chat, like uh Spider Mitchell, I rank Booker ahead of him because to me, he hasn't really come through as big as Jamal Murray did last year in the playoffs. Like I've seen I've seen Spider in the playoffs, not impressed. So I'm gonna rank Booker ahead of him. That's it. Like it was all about the playoffs, in my opinion. So last I, night the the Denver, Denver Nuggets on Friday night won by one point over Memphis. Guess how many buckets Jamal Murray scored in that game? Just one. Just one. Okay, cool. And he averages less points than Devin Booker does. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going straight playoffs. <laughs> like, that's it. If if you don't like the playoff argument, get to the playoffs. So, so say Jay in the chat says, to be fair, 
saw ranked book ahead of Mitchell, which sort of belies the it's about the playoffs argument. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't come through in the playoffs. I, oh, they were trading fifties, weren't they? In the playoffs look, this past year. But look, anyway, I I knew I this was the exact all, it's cool. I, I knew this was the re- exact reaction we were going to get, which is why I brought it up off the top of the show, because we needed a little salt, uh, a little salt flavor this morning. And I'm glad he brought it right out the gates. Let's shift to salt flavor. Let's, let's shift to something that isn't going to make Saul's head explode. At least I don't believe so. I want to know, guys, is anyone on this son's team an MVP candidate? Just they're second in the league, best, second best record. They've been rolling. There's been some talk about it. One uh, one of those people, a former Suns MVP himself, had this to say when it came to the topic of should have Phoenix to give me. A, sorry, we're having technical difficulties. I have to pull that up. Sorry about that. <laughs> so oh. we'll keep talking about. It. I'll, <laughs> timing, I'll keep timing difficulties. Look at this. I actually try to set something up for know, once, and it doesn't work. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, form, uh, should somebody on the Suns team be considered for MVP? Here is what a former yeah, Suns MVP had to say. I'm sick of this Chris Paul hate. He should be in the what MVP hate? conversation. Oh, stop he it. Should be in the well, MVP. Who's hating oh, on Chris Paul? I'm saying, hey, nobody mentions him for MVP. But why is that hate? Year, but no, I'm saying he should be mentioned. Stop it. Oh, he takes the team it. from last place to probably arguably the best stop record. They were eight on the He's having a good year, but stop it. No, they were just in the bubble. Stop it. They need Make the playoffs. Cut it out, got sure. He's having a great year. Mikael Bridges, by the way. Let's look at the highlights of this game. What do you say? Game was tied at 60 at the half. Oh, you Dame Lillard. He's an MVP candidate. He is the MVP hey. candidate. You agree, Shaq? Man, he's oh, talking, about he's talking about Dame Lillard. Here's Dame. Oh, my goodness. And here's Nasir Little. Oh. You will. see. Let's go, young fella. Portland up 92 to 82. Okay. But Phoenix was a good game, too. When they trail going to the fourth quarter, they are seven and seven. When they trail going to the fourth so quarter, wait. this team is uh, this team is for real. Shaq. That was the TNT highlight Listen, package. Chris Paul. That, well, I cut it. Great year because they were just blah blah blah. Let's He's get to the point. Very well, they're playing well. Devin Booker is starting to get his form back. I disagree. He's he should not be mentioned for MVP. He's having a good year. I don't think he should be mentioned because if you don't have a chance to win. Shouldn't be mentioned. What do you mean? You don't have a chance to win. You don't have a chance to win MVP. Stop it. Well, Stop no, it. That, well that's not true. He uh, does not have a chance to win. Well, you, you know what? Your, your comment is making people hate. Yes, he does because, not have a chance to win. Because you, if you say that he doesn't have a chance, he's not an MVP candidate. Now it seems like you're hating. But he's having a great year. I said and the team is having a great year. Yeah, so he's having is he. But year. you're talking about what the Joker and what and yeah, with Embiid. Come on, I mean, LeBron, like they got better. They got better rec- and they got a better record than those yeah, guys but, you mentioned. But they just had a guy on his. T- but the Joker doesn't have guys that on multiple nights going to get thirty. You were just months. sitting here bragging all last year about my boy Jamal Murray in the bubble. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that Chris Paul is having a great year. But you're making us feel like we're hating if we don't. If say we don't feel like he's like you. he if should be the MVP. There's a difference between I don't and if, if any, if if a guy traded for a guy on the last place team, and they, they weren't were, last place last. They, they did not even make the playoffs last year. They weren't. You said last place. Well, they, they didn't make the playoffs. They were awful. And then last they went year. eight and zero in the bubble. But that don't matter. That the they still didn't make the playoffs. Okay. And if if a, if a, if, a, if a team made a trade. In the offseason, 
and they went from last place to first place, why would we not mention that guy for MVP? That's a very fair question. It is a very fair question. It is a fair question. That's why we're asking it today on the show. <laughs> uh, Dave, we're going to start with you. Does Charles Barkley's argument hold water for CP3 to be MVP consideration, or do you think that Devin Booker deserves some MVP consideration or nobody on this Suns roster? Where do you land on the topic? Um, you know, I think it's a great topic, and I think uh, it, it, it's it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be tough to say this, but I do agree with Charles Barkley in a way. I do think De I do think Chris Paul is an MVP of one of the top MVP candidates in the league as far as most valuable to their team. He is the reason the Suns are this good this year. Chris Paul is the one who keeps their heads in the game. We give the bench credit for those late third, early fourth comebacks and takeovers when Chris Paul is the point guard for almost all of that. Uh, Kim uh, Campaign has played some of that at point guard. Devin Booker has played some of that as the lead ball handler, but it's mostly Chris Paul. So I actually think, but as far as like getting votes, no. Chris Paul's not going to get any votes. And so Shaq was right there. He's not going to get any votes because he doesn't have these ungodly stats. But as far as most valuable, absolutely, I think he's one of the top most valuable players in the league today. So why I, is I, Jamal Murray the guy that should be? <laughs> I, I mean, I actually was just about to make the pace for Jamal Murray. Stop stealing my shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three. I have I have dropped three times in the swear jar already. I, say, I am already hot right he's now. Here we go. He's on it. Listen, uh, no, not even close. I, I, I love CP3. I love Devin Booker, just so we all know and we're all clear. But there's there's no ne – neither one of them are doing outworldly things, right? They're not dropping 40 or 50 every other game. You know, They're not having like insane stats. They're not having a record-breaking year. Like nothing about what they're doing is, is phenomenal, right? They're, they're winning. That's what they're doing. The only reason why you would even – think about putting either one of these two in there is because they're winning. And, and that's a, that's a, actually, that's a refreshing change from what it used to be in the past when, you know, Devin Booker would go crazy, but he wouldn't get any love nationally, which I think is ironic. And somebody else pointed this in the chat. It's like, they will sit there and talk about, well, you know, he should be in the MVP conversation because they're winning. And Shaq will say, no, 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 no. But then they'll turn around and talk about Luca. Get the F out of here. Like, no, Luca shouldn't even be anywhere near the MVP conversation. No. He's not he's not there, period. So no. uh I, I don't I don't believe CP3 and Devin Booker should be in the MVP race, but they're inching closer to it. And if they come down the stretch in like let's say the last 25 games and they do ball out, you gotta talk about them. Barkley made a good point though. Steve Nash's MVP seasons, if you look at at least in points, Chris Paul is actually averaging more than Nash did when he won MVP. And part of it, I think Shaq's still bitter about that. I think that was part of what was going on in the argument between these oh, yeah. guys. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that's part of it. Just the thought that... But he's not, argument just last week but, that Nash was complaining about MVPs. But, but, and, but he's not averaging more assists. No, he's not. But you got to look at it and you go, okay... The impact. Now, I think the difference is Steve Nash was changing the way people perceived the game during his two runs. Those seven seconds or less teams 
we're looking yeah. at at the way things are played, but you could argue Chris Paul is doing the same thing in the reverse order. But, but he's slowing the pace down more but, than anybody but, else in the game. But right the now. problem with that argument is, is that you've seen the Suns without Chris Paul in the bubble, and they went eight and zero, and they were playing yeah. really good basketball. I understand it's the bubble, but you've seen it, right? You've seen it's mm -hmm. not like this tremendous drop off, right? From from the last time we saw the Suns before CP three to right now, whereas without Nash, that team falls completely apart. No offense, but that's quite a myopic view. Eight games compared to 10 years. I'm just we've telling you, you've seen, the, you've seen the difference, though. You've I seen think it. It's a huge, I, think, I think Chris Paul has made a huge difference on this team he in terms has. of closing he out has. the games over Ricky it. Rubio. Ricky, Ricky was a stair step. He was like a, he was like a step stool in the kitchen versus the, the ladder, for, you know, the full-size ladder for the house. He, uh, Ricky helped the Suns climb up to respectability, but Chris Paul really put him over the top. Now, Cool, and the I, Suns have never made the playoffs since Nash to, left. Yeah, yeah, but back to uh, uh, Espo's point of, of Nash changing the game, uh, that is part of the reason he got the MVP. Part of the reason he got the MVP was not only that they won a ton of games with him as the point guard, but they set the NBA on its ear. You could watch the Suns, and they're a completely different team than any other team you watch. They they played the game differently, and that is one of the reasons Luca's in the MVP consideration uh, is because he's making he's different than anybody else has been not only is he putting up the numbers but he looks different he makes it look different uh yeah, he so that's like what a loser the, this season well i know and a whiny <laughs> loser whiny loser god it drives me nuts i watching. hate watching anyway, the play basketball i, I can't stand it but 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 digressing it. uh chris paul is not setting the nba on his ear he's just Play, they're playing quiet, fundamental basketball that wins games. That's why he's not going to get any MVP votes is because he's too, too quiet, so quiet about it that they just want to win. They don't want to win excitedly. They don't want to win with crazy athleticism. They don't want to win with crazy way they play. They just play really good. Anyway, he's kind of like the new Spurs. But, sorry, look, I'm, not I'm not rolling my eyes at you, Dave. I'm sorry. There was a, a, a yet again, another troll says Luca is greater than Aiden. Like, I don't care about that argument anymore. I'm so done with that. That's so what 2018. What did that have to do with this, with oh this conversation? God. Yes. Congratulations. That is that is factual. We've moved past that. That is, a, that is indisputable at this point. But look, I think Devin Booker actually could make a run at MVP. I think you're probably right that the way Chris Paul's playing, it's not sexy enough for MVP, right? Uh, you know, he's he's played well. He definitely is is a calming force with this team, deserves a lot of credit as to why they're good. But if we see the Devin Booker that was in Portland the, uh, the first game back on Thursday after the break, mm -hmm. and he plays like that throughout the, re the rest of the second half, the Suns stay in first or second in the West. They hold off the Lakers. They win the Pacific, and, and they're a darling going into the playoffs. And, and Devin Booker's sep second half of the season – is as as big as we think it might be. That's the guy that's going to get some some MVP buzz because he does have that that sexy factor when it comes to his game. Now I don't think I don't think we'll get there where he'll actually be one of the top two candidates there, but I think he could get some votes because he does the things that MVP voters like to see. It's so you, it's the so scoring, it's flashy. So are you saying if he has a Jamal Murray esque uh, performance oh. in the playoffs? Well, no, because Saul, <laughs> I, I know the, the rules of the league. 
and they vote for for the MVP before uh, before the playoffs. It's a regular season award. So, so him going Jamal Murray is going to get more votes. I don't like your very, your condescending tone there, Jespo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that one right at that, all. That is the only tone. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and take him off there right we now. There we go. I am not Finally. feeling this right now. It's You're too early it. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting here sipping my uh, Coke and coffee, which I'm literally addicted to now. But uh, ginseng. No, no. Uh, wow. That would be yeah. healthy. So what, what's we, that like, man? That Coke and coffee. I, I see it on the, and I'm like, uh, okay, that is a that is a heart attack waiting to happen right there. For sure. It's uh, it, it's it is. This is this is not good for me. <laughs> and uh, as we established last week, I'm definitely not a vegan. So imagine when they triple it up and they go monster Coke coffee or something oh, like I, that, and just I, I'm pretty sure there's fifty a, times the caffeine. Anyways, uh, that's what's going to happen. If you put me in a solar panel purgatory, you're going to get me just talking random uh, soda beverages when we come back. That's just the way it's <laughs> it's going to happen. By the way, uh, somebody in the chat says, condescend me, Espo. That'll be a new segment coming up on the program. I can definitely condescend with the best of them. So that's yeah, funny. So, so I guess we're, we're looking at uh, I'm in the maybe Booker and – Everybody else is. There's not going to be a uh, a Suns MVP candidate, even if they finish uh, first or second in the uh, in the league record wise, which I think is perfectly fine because that puts them going into the playoffs with a chip on their shoulder. And this team, uh, very, very, uh, <laughs> very, very good when they're when they feel a little disrespected. Mm-hmm. So, All well, right. I think I think Chris Paul has a big chip on his shoulder uh, this year. Just and he's just, he just not wants, first of all, just wants to get to the playoffs. And then he wants to actually win in the playoffs and get further than he has. I think this is a huge, this is like a, a, an, a long game for Chris Paul. And that's why he's like, you just got to pile up wins when you can. And every game is a business game. And that is really important. I, I love that about it. So here's a, here's, I think this is probably a more apt question, right? Instead of the MVP, do we think Monty or James Jones might get coach or executive of the year? Both. <laughs> I think, I think James has a better chance at executive of the year than Monty does as coach of the year, because there's a lot, there's, there's always the, uh, the, there's, there's something about the coach of the year. That's a little bit fanboy like an MVP is. So someone like a Frank Vogel, someone like a, a Quinn Snyder, just because of they, they have the best record. Although I, I eventually feel like the Jazz are going to end up second, third, or fourth in the in record. I don't think they're going to finish at the top. And so we take that one out. But, um, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, Steve Nash might actually have a good chance at coach of the year this year. Could you imagine as a rookie coach? Is Would there be a better possible finals matchup than the Nets versus the Suns, I would just I I wouldn't leave my couch for oh, for two weeks. It would be weeks. so painful because you have to root oh, against Nash and Amari no. getting a title. I would be I would love no matter who wins in that game. I, I would that series that oh. would be great. No no no, no. Dave, yeah. are you serious? You're sitting you're sitting here telling me that if the Nets beat the Suns in the finals, you're still going to be happy. 
And people are coming at me about Jamal Murray over Booker. <laughs> you put me in purgatory for being condescending, here. and he says that and gets to stay on the show. Oh, no, no, no. He no, says no, no, that. No. If you're if, happy, if, if the Suns, if people no. stand behind that, I'm just going to say this, okay? <laughs> oh, where did this come from? Look, I'm not even. So I'll just show the shirt. If you're talking about the NBA Finals race, sure. Come on. If the Nets beat the Suns in the finals, you're you're gonna be happy. I will I, I don't oh even God. have words for that. That yeah, is just, that is blasphemous. I was giving just, Saul a hard time about the Jamal Murray. Oh thing. my god, we gotta take him off now too. Thank you. Thank you. Bo, can you Daniel steal that in the chat Saul sometimes? <laughs> Daniel in the chat says, You're insane, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh so goodness. says Jay says WTF Dave. Uh, See you next week, Dave. <laughs> Reek says boycott Dave. Yes, I think this is all accurate. Thank you. This is the appropriate <laughs> Dave needs to get booted off the entire show. Wow. No purgatory from Herbie <laughs> flaming baller in the chat. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. People were asking for me to kick you out already. <laughs> Uh, I got you guys. I got you. you don't worry. By the end of the show, I'm sure I'm going to kick my own self out. So, wow. man, we're uh, all haters. This, this is this is what I think about Dave's comment right there. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, what you play in the media is what you get out. <laughs> yeah, under eight, always with what a good laugh at. He was laughing at you, Dave. That's a lie. No, what was he actually laughing at? Uh, oh, it, it, it was uh, some stuff that we put together way back in the day. That's awesome. I, uh, I thought it was me saying I was a vegan. That was the same reaction you gave me last week, Saul. Oh, so let's, let's shift <laughs> gears here. More grind gears for those of you who have driven a manual car. There's nothing smooth about the way that she was transitioning. But what one move, if you were James Jones and the Suns, would you make to solidify that you were a true contender going forward. So let's start with you. I want to hear how you figure out how to get Jamal Murray on this roster. <laughs> yeah, this is like the joke that'll never die today. Um, dude, you know, man, I am so hesitant to, to even contemplate somebody else getting added to this team because I just feel like it's got to be a perfect fit. It really does because this team is, is – they've got a nice chemistry going. they got a nice flow. Uh, they don't panic when, you know, they're down by 13 or, or anything like that. So it's it's tough to to think of a, of a player out there that could be added to this bunch that's really going to boost them um, without taking something away chemistry-wise. Um, and so I, I would say if there's a player out there that I would like to see, and I've been on this train for quite a while, and I know they stay injured. I know this. But – I like Larry Markkinen. I think uh, his his skill set uh, would lend itself pretty well to to this team. Uh, he's a he's a much better perimeter shooter than anything that they have um, uh, they have currently on the bench, um, Saric included. And uh, so I, I I would say Larry Markkinen is probably the guy that I would go after. Um, but you don't have you don't have too much to play with though. You know. It, the you know the the expiring or not the expiring contracts but the one year contracts with like you know Langston Galloway and stuff like that nobody's going to want to take that on for somebody of that you know caliber you don't really have the draft assets to really go after anybody so it's a, it's a tricky deal uh when you're talking about somebody like Lowry 
Dave, it, it is uh, just a, just as a comment. I, I think, especially the way Lowry's playing this year, he would be a great addition. He'd be a better version of a uh, much better version of a Frank Kaminsky type uh, for the team. However, the Bulls are winning so much this year. There's no way they're going to trade him. So that's unfortunate. There. So much. What are they? Sixteen and eighteen or something like that. Hey, look, that's playoffs in the East, man. <laughs> that's true. They, that's true. They, that's like the number two seed, right? <laughs> I do like. I do like. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. No. Never mind. I was going to say something, but I got the coach wrong. Never mind. So I think the Bulls are going to be um, in the playoff hunt all year, and I don't think they'll trade that guy, unfortunately, because he is looking a lot better this year. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, and this name has already been brought up in the in the comments. Um, I think that it would be um, a nice – if you're looking to add to a roster – enough to make a difference on this team without breaking the core of the team because I don't want to break up the core of the team. I would trade anybody basically below Cam Johnson. I would not even trade a Cam Johnson level player this year, I don't think. Um, of course, I would have said that before the Chris Paul trade, so what do I know? But what I would do is is look to see if Atlanta is ready to cut bait on John Collins. I would. And I would do like a, a Jalen Smith and, and Javon Carter for the money and uh, maybe, you know, uh, you can't do a future first until 2027, but I would think about something along that lines, as long as it doesn't cost anybody cam or higher, which I don't know if you could do, it's going to be tough. And this is my overall argument. I think I agree with Saul on this. I don't want to break up the core of this team. That's second in the West. It's not like saying you don't want to break up the core of a team that's 34 and 39. It's not the same. This it, this is the second best record in the entire league. Why would you break up the core? Why would you mess with that? Because it was uh, we had Bobby Marks on our midweek uh, stimmy this past week podcast only. Go look for our podcast feed if you haven't seen it. And what you'll see, what you'll even hear Bobby say is, "Look, there's been teams." who thought they were making good deals at trade deadline when they were going for a playoff run. And that deal ruined their locker room enough to, and not that someone is bad in the locker room. It's just that they're not the, the guy who was making a difference in the locker room. You end up playing or trading a good locker room guy for somebody who wants more minutes, somebody who wants more playing time, somebody who wants a bigger role. And then that upsets the apple cart of your feel good season. Don't screw up a feel good season when you have it. And Bobby ever, was even saying that. Have you ever seen an apple cart? Yes, no, Dave man. has. He's old enough to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I know, as soon as you said man, apple you, cart, I was like, I don't think you I've hooked ever up said the apple horses, cart. You got cart before you got all those things. I actually lived through. Yes, absolutely. Uh, using Sorry. the outhouse with the little uh, crescent moon on it. Absolutely, that was my life when I was younger. Sorry, when I was Dave. only in my forties. No, I that's okay. I couldn't uh, resist. <laughs> you walked into fine. that one. That's totally. I did walk into it. That's totally. Um, no, I, you don't. You don't want to screw up the core of this team. And, and and somebody people have brought up. God, I'm so sick of hearing about Andre Drummond. He would be just about the worst buyout signing you could have for this yeah. team because the dude wants his playing time. He wants his touches. Somebody was arguing with me on Twitter that, oh yeah, but you just reduce his usage rate and he becomes totally comparable to blah blah blah. I'm like. Look, man, he doesn't want to reduce his usage rate. No. Usage rate is about what you do when the ball hits your hands. Usage rate is not dictated by Chris Paul. It's not dictated by Devin Booker. Usage rate is dictated by what you do when the ball hits your hands. And in Monty's offense, everybody touches the ball. And if one guy is selfish about taking shots, making things, trying to make things happen, their usage rate is high. Um, Dario's fourth quarter usage rate is 25, uh, whatever, if you guys understand these stats, it just means they use them a lot, but it's a, for good reason. 
if you bring in an Andre Drummond, um, he's going to, he's going to shoot every time he gets, he's going to do something. And it's not always going to be good. The guy, guy shoots 40% at the rim. I'd like to thank both of you for making my argument for me. This is not going to be a trade. You just do not have the assets to pull off what uh, what you need to to make an impact, right? So you're going to have to look out look at the buyout market. You're exactly right, Dave, which is a phrase I don't say often, but you're exactly right when it comes to Andre Drummond. That's not that's not realistic, but there was a report that NBA GMs are say, believe that the Suns are one big man away from being a true contender, right? I, you know, I never, I, I never know what to think about these anonymous. It could be two assistant GMs that uh, somebody talked to. Uh, you never know. But, but with that premise, I think there's one name that makes sense. And I know you guys aren't going to agree with me, but it's Lamarcus Aldridge. If he gets bought out, oh, you're not God, trading no. for him. Oh. But look. Come here, look look at the wall. I'll pin <laughs> pin everything and draw the lines to it. A beautiful mind style for you. <sighs> Monty Monty coached. Yes, that's the reaction are I you expect. Gonna, are you going to do six degrees of separation right I, now? Is I, that what you're going to do? Yeah, you don't need six. Kevin Bacon, I can give you one. Six. You got to get Monty Kevin Bacon into this. Monty coached him in Portland. James played with him in Portland. And he's and then Monty actually was with him in San Antonio. Pop and Monty are close. Like there's just Lamarcus Aldridge is the kind of guy that you bring in, and even if he plays a a lesser role, he's going to be okay with it because he's not coming here unless he is, and he knows he knows the guys in Monty and James aren't going to do him wrong in that way. If he plays Frank's minutes, you've already got an improvement there. Uh, and people say, well, he's not a three point shooter. He's actually shooting the 36% this year shot 38% last year. This year he's taking almost four threes a game. So I think he can play those, play those Frank minutes. I think he can take some of Jay Crowder's minutes as well. Plus he gives you insurance. If, if, DeAndre flames out at some point in, in big games, or if Sarge gets hurt again, uh, he can play, play your backup five. And the Suns have struggled with big men defensively. They have not had enough true big bodies at times to go up against the Jokic's, the Enos Cantor's the other night. He, they struggled against him. LaMarcus Aldridge gives you that big body too. That's the guy, if bought out, I look at. P.J. Tucker, potentially if bought out because of his relationship with Devin Booker, and you know he'll come in and do the grunt work that this team's going to need in the playoffs. Those are the two names I, I would look at in the buyout market because they fill, fill a spot. The other spot is obviously backup point guard. You haven't figured out that. I haven't heard any names there in a buyout market that would be overly intriguing yet. One name Everybody laughed when I suggested, well, maybe you should consider trading for him because it, it, the math doesn't really work out. But there's a slim possibility J.J. Redick gets bought out in in New Orleans. That's a name I would look for uh, as a surprise down the road, potentially. Um, there's a <laughs> comment in the chat. Sorry, I was responding to Chatters, and I didn't hear that last name you just said. I suppose say it again, please. Uh, JJ Redick, if oh, he's just that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Just as a guy off the bench, because he wouldn't ask for much. He's really good friends with Chris Paul. Um, the guy, the chatters are talking about 
uh, lots of interesting things. Um, Javel, but one of the Javel good McGee is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Javel McGee is a great actual option because he'd be okay with the smallest of roles, and he would actually um, um, show DeAndre Ayton what it's like to slam dunk a basketball. Well, hold on um, a I actually, I actually wait, like so, that. So wait, 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 wait. So you're using a goofy seven foot plus guy to show another. No, just you one know. aspect of him. Just one right. aspect of him. I think he learned a lot watching um, uh, Aaron Baines last year. Not becoming Aaron Baines, but learning some of the things Aaron Baines does well. That that, and that way, Monty could say, "See, here's an example." Um, the Suns don't have, uh, you know, a guy who finishes on the lobs very well. Chris Paul threw more lobs in the All Star game, lob dunks, than he has all season. Well, I'd like to see some more that's lob. The All Star Game. That's what they do. He, he also had a dunk off a lob in the All Star Game. So are we really gonna gonna base anything off of that? Wait, you don't want to hold on. Though you don't want to upset the apple cart, but the name you throw at me is Javale McGee, a guy who has been a proven weirdo and sometimes head case in this league. You don't want to upset the. He's uh, also been the on championship room. teams. He's a great He's locker also been room guy. A backup center on championship teams. <laughs> okay, I. If you think JaVale McGee is a better option than LaMarcus Aldridge, more power to you. Like I, That's fine. He's just uh, a different option. LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> would be a good option, too, because he'd also be a good locker room guy. But I just think JaVale is a different option. I just, I just feel like this J.J. Redick and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, little debate that we're having right now is a very 2014 argument, and I'm yeah. not here for it. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think somebody's going to buy out some like Tyson really Scandler great first? player? No, I don't. I don't think the Suns are going to make a move. Well, then why like, didn't you say that? You well, said you, that's not the purpose. You said if they need to go out and get somebody, who is it going to get? So I answered your shitty and, question. And then you, swear jar. We need a graphic for that. Four times. Well, Fabio has a great comment. Uh, Damian Jones was on a championship teams too. So, okay. Yeah. Point yeah. taken. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, shoot. What was I going to say? I don't know. Not, I forgot. Oh, yeah. So of do, we interest, talk you... about, sh- sh- do we want to talk about <laughs> what I think James Jones is going to make a move? I do. And here's here's what I think is going to happen. They have a little bit too much depth with only about a, uh, less than half of the season left. Uh, 30, 30 games or so left. There's just a little too much guard depth where they're, they're sitting two guards full, you know, full months at a time. Um, so I think they might do a two for one to consolidate the guard depth on the team. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go after someone like a Jason Hart from the Pelicans, if the Pelicans continue to flounder, like they have been someone like that. Chris Paul, um, uh, showed a lot of actual uh, positive. Uh, when the Suns played the Pelicans last time, he dapped up Jason Hart twice after Hart had good plays against him. So I just feel like guys like Jason Hart could um, uh, could could do a good job. And and also maybe, who knows, uh, maybe you package three of them up and get Alonzo Ball. But that is all not likely. Josh Hart, that's what I mean, not Jason Hart. Jesus Christ. The, the lesser brother. Here we go. Suns always get the lesser brother. Um, Josh Hart is who I mean. Um, and, uh, uh, that kind of trade, I think would happen a two for one, a three for one on the guards. We're going to find out in about 10 days because the deadline mm-hmm. is if I'm correct, March 25th and I'm hundred percent, I'm correct. So we'll find are out. We, are we going to do a show that day? 
well, we probably should if they do something. If they yeah. or not, we can sit here and debate why they didn't and who they're going to pick up off the buyout. There we scrap go. Well, we can do a March stimmy. 25th. We can do a stimmy whenever they do trades. So <laughs> yeah. Dave, I'm going to rename the midweek because I do not want to ever hear you say stimmy again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that we don't like to hear, but we do it anyways, I think it's time for Hold a up. Dave segment. <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, okay. so I got bad. you. I got so you. What he got for us this week? Is it why JaVale McGee is the next great Sun Center? No. <laughs> <laughs> So what All right, you got? the stat I've got for you is that uh, Devin Booker this uh, the other night had his 130-point game of his career as a Phoenix Sun. Who's the next guy? Who's the next highest guy on the Suns for 30-point games in their career? Do you guys know? Amari. No. Oh, uh, Marion. No, further back. Walter Davis. Yes, Walter yes. Davis had 90 such games, but it took him until he was 33 years old to get that 90 uh, to get those 90 games. Devin Booker is still only 24 years old. Uh, Amari had 86 such games, but he was 27 when he left. Devin Booker is going to blow the Suns record books out of the water and just make it uh, impossible to catch. Um, this guy is uh, a son for life. He's going to be the one of the greatest sons ever to play uh, for this team. And yeah, to get to his 130 point game at only 24 years old is pretty incredible. And Walter I would Davis. not, and I would not trade Devin Booker for Jamal Murray. For anything. <laughs> I would not. How many 30 point not. games has Jamal had? By the way? I, you know what? Honestly, uh, you know, I actually looked at the stats. Jamal Murray during the regular season. Hey, he's all right. He's all right. He's not. He's an average nothing, dude. Nothing special to nothing. Nothing to write home about. That's for sure. I think people forget how good Walter Davis was, though, and another man who loved Coke and coffee as well. But that's a joke I shouldn't make. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think people forget how good Sweet D actually was in Phoenix, and and how well, uh, how how big of a scorer he was uh, in Phoenix, and uh, he's he's in that forgotten group in that uh, late 70s and, and 80s where I think him, Alvin Adams, those kind of guys don't get enough respect for how good they were uh, as as sons, even Larry Nance to a certain extent as well. I don't think uh, quite get the shine that they deserve uh, here in Phoenix. That is stat me Dave. Uh, he goes way back to, to tell us. Oh, Just an excuse to play that again. That's a, that's a, uh, another thing I want to uh, talk. Reek Havoc had a comment. Sorry, Reek Havoc had a comment that it's a different era. More shots are put up now. I think that's a fallacy. I think in the '80s there was a ton of shots being put up. There was high scoring, lots of high scoring games back then. And uh, actually, Devin Booker and Walter Davis do not have much of a difference in their shot attempts per game. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that as an example. I'd be interested in the three-point attempts and makes, but I think that's also something that people think is a much larger part of Booker's game than than in reality that mm. it is. He, he scores a lot more near the hoop and mid-range yeah. than than people people think. I don't know why. I, it's probably because he won the three-point 
contest. And when he came into the league, people were trying to compare him to clay and, and thinking he was just a shooter, but that's a, that's a fallacy. A lot of people have too, is that Evan Booker scores a lot on the three, which isn't, isn't the case between, between him and CP three, we got the best mid range backcourt of all time. Right. I think that's fair. Right. Uh, yeah, that's fair. And until they prove it in the playoffs, though, they got to prove it in the playoffs. I think oh, only only Devin Booker does. <laughs> Stevie three's uh, been there, done that. Look, guys, I want to I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the national perspective, and, and we've talked about this. And we'll keep this this one brief because we have a a listener question as well, and a, God knows what else Saul has to surprise us with this week. But power rankings, I know these things are you know made up fodder, so people like us talk about it. But I find it interesting. The, the varying degrees in which the Suns are ranked this week. ESPN had him fifth. The Ringer had him fifth. NBA.com had him second. And Bleacher Report had him second, both behind Brooklyn. Is there is this just a fact, a, a case of the national media and, and people doing these rankings just haven't caught up to the fact that this Suns team is real? Is it in part because you also have the Jazz at the top of the West, so yeah. people are like, "Yeah, there's something weird." Going on. Yeah, what's causing it, Saul? Why don't we start with you this time? I don't know what it is, honestly. It's it's perspective. It's it's a little bit of a learning curve for a lot of people to try and figure out what this Suns team is all about. And if you don't watch this team on a nightly basis, like take for last night for example, or two nights ago, I'm sorry, when they played uh, Portland, you know, the first three quarters. If you watch the first three quarters, you're like. This team's the second best in the West, like for real. But it, you got to watch the whole game to see the whole picture, and that's the same thing you could say for the entire season. Is like, yeah, they've had some bad losses, um, but they've also had some very quality wins. You know, Basketball Reference right now. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Basketball Reference has the Suns as the third highest odds to win the NBA Finals as we speak, which is incredible. As really incredible. Yeah, Basketball Reference has. Uh, the Jazz at 35.5%. Then they have the Bucks at 19%. And then they have the Suns at 10%, uh, which is just phenomenal if you think about it. Uh, and then the next closest one after the Suns is actually the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, the third highest odds. I mean, I never thought we'd say that in 2021 that the Suns would have a legit shot at the NBA championship. And I think for so long, especially this season, we've, we've, we we never wanted to sit, talk about that kind of stuff because you don't want to jinx it or anything like that. But the reality of the situation is the Suns are a very, very, very good team. And if they are clicking like, you know, they will be, I think, uh, I think Devin Booker is going to take it up another level um, and mm -hmm. take this team to another level. Uh, and that's, let me rewind to a little bit. When we talk about players to add, I honestly, I don't think they need to add anybody, but damn, 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 D.A., if you don't come through right now, if you don't find yeah. your offensive ability, the other night against Portland, he caught the ball on the wing and there was nobody around him. And he didn't even think about shooting for like three seconds till he realized yeah. nobody was going to come guard him. Then he took a, a shot that was kind of a second thought. And it was just like, dude, you can't do this now. Like you, we should be past that. He's the one that I feel like needs to make the biggest jump between now and the playoffs. If this mm -hmm. team really wants to have a chance at the title. Absolutely. I think, I well, okay. So on one hand, I think uh, uh, barely, uh, okay. The Suns are second team, second best in the league with DeAndre playing like this. 
yes, the playoffs are a totally different animal. He needs to be better in the playoffs if they're going to get all the way through the playoffs and get to the finals. I do agree with that. But I think the DeAndre we've seen a lot of this season is that guy. Right now, he's in another one of his little valleys. If he play, goes into a valley in the playoffs, the Suns are going to have a hard time winning. They won't uh, use him. They won't use him. They won't use yeah, him. they'll just play Dario 35 minutes. The great exactly. thing I love I love watching Dario playing because he just he knows what he wants to do. But you know what? When he was 22 years old, Dario did not know what he wanted to do out there all the time. Yeah, uh, Dario so was I, a bust in in Philly in most fans' minds. First year. First year he was. Second year, that was when they then they won and they went to the uh deep in the second round and stuff like that. Um, uh, but absolutely, um, that's the thing. DA is getting caught up in the expectations and the constant grind of being serious all the time because he's not used to it. And he didn't even have that kind of pressure at Arizona because they lost in the first round there. So um, this is his first real pressure and it's just going to ramp up and he's going to have to step up. Absolutely. He's going to have to step up. That doesn't mean I would let him go or give his minutes to Andre Drummond. No, that just means play him, make him play through this and still benefit from the from the good DeAndre. Look, in terms of the power rankings, uh, I think the Suns aren't sexy. They don't play in a well, man, there's, in no, a there's a lot of skepticism. So there's still a ton of skepticism, and it's all rightfully there because it's still the Phoenix Suns that haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. You're gonna have some built-in just there's a lot of skepticism about the Jazz, too. Uh Suns and Jazz are both because they haven't proven anything. They haven't proven anything. The Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets. The Nets, just because of the far firepower they've got on that team, those teams are going to be your top three, almost uh, three of the five, always. It's only and, because of star power. And it's because of star power. But you know what? Star power actually wins. Um, and the, the teams Depending le, le, on the that stars. LeBron... <laughs> right, but these stars are pretty dang good, and I really do think the Nets are the are the ones who are going to be in the finals in the East for sure. Look, it just the Suns don't play sexy. They play one of the slowest paces in the yeah. league. People just want fast. They want exciting, and that's not what this Suns team is. And you know, a lot of Suns fans are like, well, I'm not used to it either. Well, guess what? 53 years with no championship playing fast and loose, all right? I'm fine with playing slow and somewhat yeah. boring at times right now because the I think Utah is a paper tiger. I think they're the ones that, that fall back that, that aren't real. But when you look at offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, the Suns are top 10 in both. That's why this team is real. That's why this is the real deal, and it's not some fool's mm -hmm. gold right now, is because they're playing amazingly on both ends. The Suns are good. I think Utah is the one that falls back, and eventually as we get about two-thirds through this season, closer to the playoffs, I think that's when the the perspective, perspective on this Suns team shifts to where people buy into it. We brought up DA though in this segment. We did get an email from Garrett. He hit us up at mailbag at solarpanelpod.com. You can email us there at any time. We'll address your question. But he said, quote, like what uh, Aiton is doing wrong, it seems when things go bad, Aiton is the first to blame. However, when things go good, Paul and Booker are praised, as they should be. Aiton, however, seems to be left out of it. Is it really Aiton's fault when he's on the floor, team switch to small ball? Like, what is something you guys want to see outside of being aggressive? Uh, like, it, 
what do you want to see from DeAndre? Why does he get the criticism when uh, when Booker and CP3 uh, don't necessarily get it? He says, peace and love from DeAndre Ayton's burner account. That's Garrett in the mailbag. So, uh, so, uh, so what do you think in, in terms of why DA gets the criticism, doesn't get the praise, and why uh, you know Devin Booker doesn't necessarily get the criticism but usually gets most of the praise? Yeah, you know, um, man, that's 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 a that's a hard question to answer. First of all, the reason why DA gets a lot of hate is because there's the expectations on him as the number one overall pick are high. Like that's that's what started this whole mess, right? And then people have taken that and they morphed it year after year to really focus all the blame on DA because if DA was playing like a superstar, this wouldn't have happened. Or if DA was playing like a superstar, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. Like. They got to stop doing that. Like, he is what he is right now. He's a top five pick in the NBA draft is the way I kind of think about it, not just the first overall. I understand he was the first overall, but he's not playing like what we the expectations of a first overall pick are supposed to be, right? Um, but defensively, he's been good. He has moments where he's great. And he has moments where, you know, you leave a little to be desired, like the Nets game. But you also have to understand situationally, like team defense, you can't just leave him on an island against the best scorer in the league like James Harden. Like it, Those types of things have happened a few too many times for my liking this season where people have just kind of left him out to dry, and then the hate comes. Oh, I can't believe he can't guard Kyrie Irving. Nobody can guard Kyrie Irving. What are you talking about? And so people take that, and they hate. The game when um, in that same Nets game, Booker had five points the entire second half. And all you see through the chat is all hate on DA, 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 DA. Mm -hmm. where, where, where was Devin Booker? You know what I mean? Like if he's the superstar and Devin Booker is the superstar of this team, where was he at? So I do agree with the – when things are going great, it's all about Booker and CP3. When things are going bad, it's all about DA. It's not fair. I need him. I need DeAndre Ayton. Even when things are going to, good, it's all about DA bad. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. What DeAndre Ayton needs to do is just show the aggressiveness that you would like to see from a big man. And I think that's what that is what's largely lacking is that you don't see the intensity on his face like every single play. People see it with Devin Booker when he's arguing with the with the ref and you know he's getting teed up because it's passion. You know, we interpret things how we want to see them. Oh, it's passion. He's just completely, you know, he's into the game. He just wants to win. He's a competitor. Whereas DA doesn't have that personality. He never has. Even at U of A, he just kind of went through the motions. And every now and then he would get a dunk and he would flex. And people were like, oh, man, that's that's awesome. Well, okay, cool. But what does he do for the rest of the game? And at U of A, he was very <laughs> consistent offensively because he was the focal point. He gets to the Suns, he's not the focal point anymore, and he's never really made to feel like the focal point at any point in time during the game. They don't run sets for him. They don't run plays for him. They barely ever look his way, when even when he has great positioning down low. And so that causes a little hesitation on his part. He, then he goes around the court, and every now and then he gets hesitant, and he doesn't really know his role on offense because he doesn't get enough of a, of a you know kind of chemistry or fl uh, fluidity in his game to really feel comfortable on the offensive end. So in his head, he's completely mind-effing himself uh, because he's just not there right now. He needs to get there. Chris Paul, yeah. <laughs> I know, has made that a priority to try and get him there, and it's still a work in progress. But as long as DA is doing what he needs to do on the defensive end, which I would say about 85% of, of, of the um, season he has, 
they'll be fine. They'll get past the first round. But if you want to get to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, you're going to need – you need D.A. to find that offensive ability and that aggressiveness to scare teams away from him. I think the biggest reason he gets a lot of the hate is because people see – they look at him, they watch him, they see him move, they see him play, and they know he's really only at maybe 20 30% of his potential. I mean, he's so talented. He has the ability to be one of the best players in the history of the game. He doesn't have the mentality to want to be that. He literally sees himself as a role player on this team. When you interview him, when you talk to him, he literally says, I don't care if I ever touch the ball. I want to be the anchor on defense. I want to make all the right plays. I want to. I don't. I want to do all the things to support these other guys. That is that. That may be his mentality his entire career. That may change as he grows older and gets more mature and more more sure of himself. But he is literally seeing himself as a as a backup option on not on starting unit. I'm just saying as a, as a third or fourth option in that in that lineup. He wants other people to score, and then he wants to support them on the defensive end on the other end. Um, regarding defense, putting him on an island against guys like James Harden and Damian Lillard the other night, um, that is just going to be a target of other teams. Other teams are going to try to play DA off the floor. Why do you think they want to do that? Because he's so good defensively when he's not lined up against a Dame Lillard. So Dame is going to try to drop, get him into foul trouble, try to get into his head. Uh, they're going to do switching and all that. And the Suns insist on switching. Dario's a little better at it right now simply because Dario plays with more aggression on the on the pick on the pick when he gets up to the level. He push he, he gets right in the he stops the guard's motion so he has time to get back to the to switch back to the big guy when the guy dives to the rim. Um uh, Aiden is still a little indecisive when he's got the some of the best league's best ball handlers coming at him. Nobody stops James Harden. Nobody stops Damian Lillard. I remember a few years ago, um, the Warriors were playing, I, I assume it's got to be the Cavaliers. And yeah, on one end, it was always Steph getting uh, switched up and, and, and put on an island against uh, LeBron or whoever had the ball or, or um, Kyrie. And then on the other end, it was always Kevin Love who got targeted on, uh, by, the, by the Warriors. Same exact thing. DA is going to get targeted in the playoffs. He's got to be ready for it. And that's what this regular season is about. If he can't handle that when they get to the playoffs, that's okay because then you do what other teams do. Like nobody puts Rudy Gobert on an island unless they unless they have to. So the Jazz have a different defense. They they drop him more often. They don't have as much switching. Monty will make so, that change, to but be he fair, wants to Kofa see. did kind of put put Rudy Gobert on an island in a slow boat. Yeah. With no, with no <laughs> war. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. I think um, Monty is trying this out because he would love to ideally switch all five guys. And he wants to know how Aiden and Dario are going to hold up to that. That may be a reason you don't sign a LaMarcus. That may be a reason you don't sign a JaVale because you don't want to be stuck not being able to do that. Although I would like to uh, upgrade Frank Kaminsky's minutes. Frank's having a good season, but you know, that's going to come to a head at some point. Um, no, I, I definitely think DA is learning and yeah, the Suns need to be better by playoff time. Absolutely. You know, Garrett is a hundred percent right in the criticism, but, and I say this directly to DeAndre, not that he listens, but life isn't fair. People criticize you when they shouldn't, and they don't give you credit when you deserve it. That's just the fact of life. And the only person that can shut them up is DeAndre Ayton if he plays consistently. 
it's on DeAndre Ayton because you have not seen any consistency in terms of effort or offensive performance out of DeAndre Ayton. And I, I'm a, I'm a DA supporter. There's no, there's no denying that. But at some point, he has to look himself in the mirror and say, these people aren't necessarily wrong because I haven't done this. And if he goes out and he plays consistently offensively, he'll shut people up. But until he does that, he deserves so a, a majority of criticism for his offensive game. I mean, my dad, my dad used to say to me uh, when I was younger, if you're not going to go out there and, and do it right the first time, don't bother doing it at all. Well, DeAndre, get out there and actually do it right offensively. I, I'm sick of the argument. Well, he's in his head, right? Well, he's in, and, and so I'm not bashing you for that. I, I think he is in his head, but that's not an excuse. If you're a professional athlete, you need to understand how to handle the moment. Figure out when you're open, shoot the damn ball, or drive it to the hoop. Make the right decisions. It's enough hand-holding with DeAndre Ayton at this point. This team is good. If they want to be great, they need him, and he needs to step up in the second half of the season. So what I'm going to say is, is that's that's a perspective that I think is you know ad- admirable, but he is, what, 23 years old? And um, it, it's hard. It, 22, yeah. It's, it's okay. hard. It, and I understand Jeff he's a Kern. professional athlete. I get that, yeah. But where were where were all of we or all of us all of we Jesus all of we all of us in our professional careers at the age of twenty two did we have the mindset like right now like for instance like last week I played basketball for like the first time in like a decade it feels like right my mentality out there was far different than it was when I was eighteen twenty five twenty six years old why because you just see the game differently. You just do. And I understand I'm slower and I'm fatter and I can't shoot as well, all that good stuff. Yeah, I get it. You have to be more efficient. But the intensity by which you play is a little bit more measured than it is when you're at that age. And I think that DeAndre, it's it's just a mind game. For some people, it just is. And I think so that's what he's going game through. The time to he's grow absolutely up. questioning everything. Well, sure. The, yeah. time to, the time to grow up was when he got drafted first overall by the Phoenix Suns. That was yeah. the time to grow up. But – it hasn't yeah, happened yet. You're, you're, again, this goes back to what Garrett's saying uh, in terms of uh, you know, looking at, at these guys in different ways. Devin Booker, when he was 22, came and was playing uh, like like a man. But he right? had a team full of scrubs. A but team he still full of scrubs. was coming in and playing like a man. I mean, that's not. I'm, no, it wouldn't have mattered was who was on that team. On a 34 and 39 team last year that did go 8 0 in the bubble as well. DeAndre was, you know, he's when he's given a more uh a more expected role on offense, he does he look, he was better last year on offense for a reason. He was better as a rookie for a reason because he had a very defined role as being one of the guys to go to on offense. This year he has no defined role. Um, and uh he's he's kind of floundering a bit. Look, he is uh um one of the chatters uh commented that isn't DA doing what we wanted, which was be a defensive anchor. We don't care what you do offensively. Remember that? We all said it, especially his detractors said it. Now he's an anchor defensively, and we don't and we shouldn't care what he does on offense. But what do we do? We constantly care about what he does on offense. No, I so that goes back to he's only he's not really maxing out his potential yet. And so people are always going to find another new thing to nitpick. Just expectations never meet reality. And when everybody's saying that he's a defense, he, we just wanted to be a defensive acre. We were thinking that the Suns were going to be like a four, five, six seed, like in the playoffs. This team is the number two team in the West. The expectations change, and the realities right. need to change too. Look, I don't, 
I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton has to score 25 points a game. That's not that's not my point. I'm not one of those people that I need 25, 13, and five assists from him for me to feel good. What I want is decisiveness offensively. I want him to, to your point, Saul, when he gets the ball wide open on the wing, not to sit there like a deer in the headlight to make the move that he needs to make, to be decisive, to stop putting the ball low and take it and take it when he has the yeah. opportunity. Those kind of things are what, what I need. I'm, I'm happy with the def defensive effort uh, in most nights. Rebounding has been solid from him. That is what I want. He's but still I a top five to rebounder in the league. Yeah. I mean, we, no, we, I know. we, we take his rebounding for him. We, we don't take do his it right rebounding. the first time. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Look, I just put the effort in. Let's move to the best segment of the show. No, we're not going to do stat me, Dave, again. It's time for that was Espo's the big board. Uh, I, I still hate that photo. I need to do a better Photoshop on this thing. But, that's uh, a good photo of you. No, nah, it's it's awful. But anyways. I don't hate it. I love this it. This week. There was a picture of Justin Bieber in Suns gear. So it got me thinking, what were the top five best celebrity appearances wearing Suns you, gear, right? You, you have a major omission here that I'm going to get to at the end, by okay. the way. I would love to hear it. Number five, Kendall Jenner at a gas station wearing an old school Suns uh, sweater. Look, I get it. She's not a Suns fan. She's a Devin Booker fan. But anytime you, uh, you get a, a major influencer wearing the old school Suns logo, I'm you're going to make it She actually gets her own gas. I wasn't. Hey, who's uh, going to get your I'm, gas for you? I mean, don't you have people you make for that? Like $5 billion a year. <laughs> not everybody lives in New Jersey <laughs> where they have an attendant that pumps your gas. Number four, Jonah Hill. My uh, my doppelganger rocking yeah. the uh, the old that, school black is, sons. Uh, is that jersey from Factory to You or something like what? No, yeah, it's no, actually right? a Mitchell and Ness fashion jersey, which is oh basically just means they bastardized the original jersey and took the suns off of it and just has the sunburst. But Espo, you got to show your version of that one. No, with that that picture's overplayed. You, you show it too much. <laughs> I looked much better Not. back then. I was about 70 pounds lighter, but we moved to number three on the list. It's Conan O'Brien, Team Coco, when he was on his uh, Band from Television tour back in 2010. He was here in Phoenix. That's the Channing Fry. Yes, that was during the run wow. to the Western Conference Finals. They were in the Western Conference Finals and he rocked a Channing Fry jersey on stage. So he gets a, a big uh, props for me, number three on the list. Number two, uh, her hips don't lie and neither does the jersey that she's wearing in this photo. It's Shakira wearing her Los mm. Suns jersey. Best one yet. When she went out a night on the town, as she said on her Instagram, back when that was actually allowable. So Shakira in the low sun jersey, number two. Number one, uh, a, you'd miss it if you didn't look closely in the movie Jerry Maguire. But Tom Cruise, in a scene that actually uh -huh. takes place in the Cardinals facility, is rocking a 1993 Western Conference uh, Finals shirt with the characters of caricatures of Charles Barkley and Sean Kemp on it. And this to me is number one because there's so much going on here, including Tom Cruise's nineties hair. Uh, so that is Espo's big board, the top five celebrities to rock 
son's things and, and Saul's gonna bring up some random guy. Oh yeah. That, uh, oh, oh yeah. You're gonna, absolutely random. Random. great. Random. Random. Absolutely random. Yeah, so random that you know I got flack for the Booker Murray thing. No, my man Drake's Come wearing a, yeah. a Devin Booker how jersey. Like how do you not include dude. how do I not include the world's biggest <laughs> 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 not even gonna respond to that so uh it's the look, diabetes how do i yeah anyway, wilford brimley warned us about that then diabetes oh, if you get that joke you've paid attention to the headlines from yesterday oh, look drake is the uh, is a, a part owner of the freaking toronto raptors i'm not going to give him a shout out for wearing sun's gear and two, he's a is, celebrity wearing Suns gear. Huge, what does it matter he, what he does? The literal list was celebrities randomly wearing Suns yeah, gear. But I'm not going to give him credit for it. I kept there was a, a couple Lakers celebrities that had he's a Suns gear. He's the biggest of all of them. Like, look, no, I'm no, I, I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not giving Drake love. Are you saying like if Jack Nicholson put on a sun shirt, you wouldn't show him either? Because no, he's really a I wouldn't. Fan? He's a okay. Lakers fan. I get it. I love I somebody it. in the I chat said Drake would look better in a Jamal jer- <laughs> <laughs> And we come full circle. On he the probably did when he went on tour in Denver. I I did hear that he wore basically a local jersey in most of his stops. Yeah, yeah he did. But again, yeah. that's one of the most popular guys in the world. Like, why would you not have him on the list of your random ass Conan O'Brien celebrity freaking show? Like, I, <laughs> what? What? No. I'm a little. Show me the sun shirt. I, I didn't miss Drake, by the way. I just that I'm not going to include a guy that is a massive uh, Toronto Raptors guy. Like, Definitely what I thought about this list. <laughs> I could play this all day. That's what I think about this list right here. Oh my god! Hey. And so, so Saul, you're saying I didn't do it right the first time, so I shouldn't have done it at all. Is there you go. Me? There you go, pops. There you go. You got, you got, you got anything else for us, Saul? Anything else? No, you I drop don't. On us I, I had a rant uh, ready to go, but you got to it like right off the top of the show, so I don't have anything left. I'm all empty. You know, I, got, I got one more thing, one more parting thought. This week, nobody asked John you, Dave. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> John Hollinger, uh, famously from ESPN years ago, Memphis Grizzlies. More recently, now he's with the Athletic. He did a redraft of the 2019 draft, and he actually put Cam Johnson uh, at number six overall, a value in the in that draft ahead of Kobe White. And so when you played that DA laughing, it always makes me think of the Kobe White after in that draft wow. in 2019 going, wow, bro, you know that. <laughs> and turns out Cam is actually playing better than Kobe White in, in the NBA. So um, wow is right. Now, Kobe, to, in his defense, was really thrilled for Cam. It wasn't sarcastic at all. He was just surprised that Cam did get dra- drafted that high, but he – all, all, all friends with Cam and all that, but that's that's my viral. Wow, when you play the DA, I always think so, of that. So, so Cam Johnson is now uh, ranked where the Suns had the original pick, and they got Dario Saric as well uh, for that number six pick. So, hey, James Jones, maybe you should w- run away with the executive of the year. We'll ignore the Jalen Smith pick for right now. We won't. Yeah, I definitely think it's easier to put together a team of players who want to be, who want to play together and want to be at one destination as an executive, as opposed to trying to find pieces uh, with not as big a budget and trying to make it all work. 
uh, like so James Jones did. Uh, so James I think Jones James had a harder time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think James Jones should be the executive of the year, hands hands down. But I know the favorite right now is is the New Jersey Nets. Um, Sean uh, Marks, GM, former Sean son. Marks, yeah. yeah. Like, but I don't. Oh, wow. So Katie and Kyrie were were there. You know, decided to team up and looked at the Knicks and went, "Nah, we'll go to Brooklyn." And then James Harden forces his way there, and that that makes you a good GM. I never, no, I, I never I understood that. They did find a way to re-sign Joe Harris too, which I think is is a sleeper move that a lot of people don't talk about because a lot of people just don't know who Joe, Joe Harris is. But he's like one of the best shooters in the league, and he makes that team go yeah. as well. I'm well, with I'm with uh, Espo on that though. I don't think Sean Marks is a should win Executive of the Year no, for neither do I. those guys just going there. Uh, um, they already chose. They just ca- chose a tandem destination yeah kevin durant should win gm banana boat destination (laughs) kevin kevin durant convinced Kyrie, and then because of kevin durant uh, james harden wanted to be there if you want to give somebody with the nets uh, gm of the year executive of the year give it to kd over uh over james jones and sean marks if that's the way you want to go that's just i will i will say that the nets are playing a lot better than i thought they might um and I'm, i'm happy you know for uh, Steve Nash not getting run out because remember those quotes over the summer that Kyrie and, and KD were both like, yeah, you know, it's kind of coaching by committee. We're all going to be kind of the coach of the team. <laughs> I was just feeling so yeah. bad for Nash. Yeah, just wait till they that. go through a really rough patch and that they yeah. kumbaya, everything's great with Steve Nash will will change as well. We've seen that happen numerous mm-hmm. times in these super teams where, where guys uh, get put together like that. Uh, one last... Flaming baller uh, comment in the chat. Rick Johnson says CP3 for coach of the year. And I can understand uh, that he is a coach on the court. So if you want to become a flaming baller, hit that join button on mm-hmm. YouTube, become a subscriber, or you can follow uh, or you can leave us a five star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Both of those things help immensely uh, by being part of the flaming baller family. I appreciate each and every one of you out there, including Tim Tompkins, our former co-host, who showed up in the chat today. Always good. I love you, Tim. Tim. Uh, wow. Love. We never get that, Saul. He just loves the yeah. former co-host. I love you guys, so, too. You guys are all, oh, all right. You guys are Can can I give a shout out to somebody real quick? Of course you can. So uh, uh, a former colleague of mine, or not a former current colleague of mine uh, up in Detroit, uh, lost his son this week. We wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, Mental health. uh, It's absolutely devastating if you don't take care of yourself um, and take care of your mental man. You know, so uh, if you're feeling down, whatever, you know, there's a there's a national suicide hotline and um, just reach out, talk to people and get some help. If uh, if you're feeling down, which I know all of us have at some point during this pandemic and being isolated away from people and things of that nature. So uh, it's uh, it's very important to get to get the help that you need. And especially nowadays when it's it's just it's tough. It's tough. there's such a stigma too. People are, are, are just feel like they can't ask for help when they're when they're suffering like that, and you really should absolutely. Like no, no shame in the game if you uh, if you ask for help. We all need it, and just like basketball, life is a team sport. So reach out, get help. Uh, it, and, it is- and and this is a form of therapy for me, just so we all know. <laughs> like I like to scream at you guys every now and then, and even the chat when they yeah. don't like yeah. my yeah. Jamal Murray isms. But you know, it's nothing but love, and I love Devin Booker. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I just want to see it in the playoffs. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it is important. It is important to to remember that we all 
we're we're only just doing this for fun. Every once in a while, I see a comment in the chat saying, "Oh, you guys are really going at each other. Why is this person so negative today?" We're just having fun, man. This yeah. is a great team. We're having a great time yeah. talking yeah. about this, and we love all you guys in the chat too. You guys yeah, are here man. every single Absolutely. weekend. The flaming ballers are uh, make me hot. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> clip that i'll be playing Ooh. that on a regular basis that uh, me dave we go to, from stat me dave to dave making some sweet sweet loving to the flaming dollars <laughs> that is your sun solar panel for whatever today is it all feels like it's still march 2020 until uh this ends but you can follow him uh the silver fox at dave king at at dave king mba the mba is there because Dave just wants to remind you that at one point he could attend basketball games and eventually he oh, will again. God. And then uh, I'm going to start going again once I get my shots. <laughs> you can you can follow the Carmel Thunder down under at Jamal Murray Lover 123. <laughs> no, uh, it's actually at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because the Saul loves a little Jamal. But the bookman loves that uh, Devin Booker uh, because they no. share a nickname. So. <laughs> and then you maybe, maybe I'm me. just agitated because I was the first book. This is BS. <laughs> it's really what it is. <laughs> it's hatred. That's what it is. Uh, I am uh, at Espo on Twitter. You can follow the show at Sun Solar Panel on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, we're a little bit more active on on the gram right now. So if you want to join us over there, mm. you can again leave a five star review if you're listening on the podcast. Click that join button or the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers. We'll be back for another midweek stimmy, although I'm going to change that because, again, I don't want to hear Dave say the word stimmy. Uh, We hope your stimmy checks hit the bank account this weekend. And until next time, thanks for watching the solar panel. We'll talk to you soon. Ahoy, ahoy.